Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, you heard of Canifest Destiny. That's when you drink what you can, when you can. The taps took it from the kegs, and we drank it by the pint. And I'm going to take all your beer, Jack. And not just because I can, but because this is my destiny. Hops and Box Office Flops is my effing destiny. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 170th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we begin our look at star-driven disasters with 2013's Gangster Squad. So getting mobbed deep with me tonight are Sean Penn's liver, Chumpzilla. I always knew I'd die in Burbank. And the guy who punched Nick Nolte's mutant dogs in the crotch. Mayor McCheese. I still demand that you do this pod in Ryan Gosling's high falsetto. <laughs> I'm a computer. I'm here to bust. I'm on the gangster squad. I'm a computer. Stop all the downloading. That that wasn't bad, T-Dubs. Chumpy, no. That was, I, I think we'll have to go for like just a softer, slightly... Yeah, I, thought, I, I don't uh, know what he was trying to achieve uh, with the voice. I, I do believe it's Lindsey Graham. I don't think you... <laughs> It's giving me the vapors. Dearest Mr. Somebody President Trump. Somebody bring me my fainting couch. President Trump, I thought I'd take you to bed tonight. You're right. I mean, you're right on top of it. I'm actually pretty impressed right now. Uh, okay. So points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. And you can find Wabam Entertainment at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. Gangster Squad is available to stream on HBO Max, or you can rent it for $2.99 across platforms. I'd advise against that. Yeah, I just watch it for free if, if possible. I, I like it. I don't love it, but there's certainly good... arguments to be made that it's bad, just flat out bad. It's a good time filler, but I don't know if I want to dump three bucks on it. And that's pretty low bar stuff. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk beer. Tonight we're drinking Blah 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 IPA from 21st Amendment Brewery. It carries a Captain Cash approved 8.0 ABV and is a deep gold colored double IPA and jam packed with hot flavors and aromas. It's got nine different hot variants on top of a late kettle boil additions. This beer has juicy, hop, chewy flavor. And they're not lying. It is every bit of hop and chewy. Uh, I chose it because if you look at the can, it's a bunch of people walking around like with old 1930s, 40s, like picket placards, like with different beer names, but very like time appropriate. It is way, way, way too hoppy for me, though. I'd give it one and a half bad movies tops. Not uh, agreeing with your sensitive tum tum there, T-Dubs? Not at all. No. Is it? Is it one of those basically you feel like you're chewing a plant type drinks? This beer feels like Sean Penn strapped me to two Oldsmobiles driving in separate directions. That's what it does to my why stomach. Don't you, why don't you take that back to Chicago? Yeah. 
A lot of Chicago talking. <laughs> a lot of Chicago. That's a baker's dozen, Mickey. I feel like I feel like Chicago is a little more upbeat around this time period than LA. <laughs> no, no, it was. I mean, Chicago was super bloody, and LA was super. No, bloody. yeah, no. You have uh, you have the devil in the white, whatever, and yeah. you have Al Capone. So no, Chicago is probably way worse. I'm sorry. The started. gang wars were were no joke. Like I think that's what this movie does well. It just confuses like what it really thinks about violence once the gangster squad gets going because they're like no better than the criminals so but we'll get there i'm confused about the title i'm assuming they're the gangster squad but they are technically vigilantes it's their actual title from history we do get a title drop about a minute 10 or minute 12 into the movie i believe anthony mackie goes to the gangster squad it's like the only time they're referred to as the Gangster Squad. But that's what they, what they were called, yeah. yeah. Um, so Gangster Squad, directed by Ruben Fleischer of Zombieland fame, he also directed critically acclaimed Venom. Uh, <clears throat> it, it stars Sean Spicoli-Penn as Mickey Cohen. You've got Ryan La La Land Gosling as Jerry Wooters. <laughs> you've, <laughs> yeah. you've got Emma Romancing the Stone as Grace Faraday. Giovanni Sneaky Pete Rabisi as Conwell Keeler, Josh Snap Brolin as John O'Mara, Anthony Captain America Mackey as Coleman Harris, Nick Down and Out in Beverly Hills Nolte as Bill Parker, and many other faces you'll recognize, including the asshole that shot Uncle Ben until they retconned it, and the total shit stain who hopped around on a Gotham rooftop claiming the aliens had arrived because Superman was dead. Solid. Yeah. When in Nick Nolte's career did he go full Nick Nolte voice? Because uh, he is really putting Nick Nolte voice out there in this movie. I'd say Hulk is where he was just like, this is it. I'm, there's no turning back. Like, I've done so much drugs, alcohol, smoking, etc. that this is now my voice and I'm not going to try to hide but it. He was all like Ryan crazy. Gosling, who is going the other direction. Could you imagine if Nolte did the Jerry Wooters? You got to get these guys, Omara. You're my inside man. I don't care how you do it. We don't take no prisoners. <laughs> See, I didn't even I didn't even realize that was Nick Nolte until I saw the credits. I thought that was Kathleen Turner the whole time. <laughs> oh, God. It was actually Kathy Bates. <laughs> it, was, it was actually Kathy Kathleen Bates Turner, is lovely. Uh, Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Uh, <laughs> oh. So Gangster Squad maligned by critics, earned a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes with 207 reviews, Metacritic of 40. It also tanked at the box office, finishing third in its opening weekend and earning just 46 million domestically on a budget as high as 75. Worldwide, it netted only 105.2 million. And by the way, this movie was essentially sent to die. It was delayed multiple times over and then released in January. You may have mentioned it, but what year did this come out? 2013. Yeah. yeah. I can honestly say I didn't hear a peep about this movie when it came out. I, I didn't even know this was a thing. The only thing I recommended it. The only thing I heard was the, uh, the fucking Aurora story with the yeah, theater. Yeah. Which will, we're, we're going to get to that. But I mean, but... did this come out at a bad time of the year? Did this come out against something? 
Well, uh, it's not have, great, have, but uh, it probably should have made its money back. I have trivia questions about both the Aurora thing, because, yes, there was a scene in this movie where they're Grumman's Chinese theater. Mickey Cohen's Goon Squad starts firing Tommy guns through the theater screen. And this trailer was airing ahead of the Dark Knight Rises at the time. And when the Aurora shooting happened, they immediately pulled it. They pulled it down off the Internet, scrubbed it from existence and then reshot that scene entirely. Well, yeah, as they should, because yeah. that's a fucking tragedy. But again, it's not it's not completely dog shit. It, like, did you I mean, if you have trivia questions, tell me to shut up. Did this yeah. did this open against something? Well, no, Great. it didn't. And that's what we'll we'll get to. But like, it really had no competition. Uh, but this movie is come on. This is an old person's like dream. Old people love Nick Nolte, but they also love Ryan Gosling. Like and it's a historical drama slash action, starring a cast of very recognizable people. You'd think it would make its money back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's high production value. It's a competent film. It's not like it's like just outright bad or anything. It's it's a middle of the road gangster movie. There's nothing really exceptional about it, but it's it's well done. It it doesn't like just suck to look at. I'll tell you what, if they would have cast the main dude from CSI, my dad would have been all over this thing. <laughs> okay, so you replace uh, you replace Omara with the dude from CSI. No, replace, you can't you can't replace Omara because the replace, dude from CSI is not a badass. Ro- you gotta replace Caruso? You gotta replace the nerd guy with okay. Robert Caruso. No, but if you and then you get the dude yeah! from you get the dude from NCIS, and all of a sudden this makes two. billion dollars oh all of our parents are seeing this multiple times because i know for a fact that my parents have watched several csi episodes at least seven or eight times i guarantee a cameo from somebody from jag and you get the fox news crowd this thing would have killed to this day i'd find my dad asleep to like this movie at least 75 percent of the time i see him which is what happens when he's oh he's on the couch and his ncis is on and you like go to get the controller and he wakes up he's like oh he always gets his man i'm like <laughs> now i gotta watch the end of this uh all right so let's get to the one sentence descriptions chumpzilla how would you describe gangster squad in one sentence thanos recruits the falcon the t-1000 and the guy who talks fast in ant-man the guy from the notebook and beck's brother-in-law to take down gangster spicoli whoa uh yeah mayor mccheese there's no goddamn way to beat that i have a bunch of random ones i want you to go first because mine are all just random ones we've texted about and i don't want to steal yours so you go and then i'll go okay so if i was going to do it very short it'd be the unwatchables because this movie (laughs) desperately wants to be the untouchables but also a shameful hollywood redressing of an already interesting historical story because guess what the gangster squad was not diverse at all. And they just did that to like, Hey, let's make the, let's sell this movie. We'll get all these attractive stars. And then they give none of them anything to do. And to be fair, this movie deviates from the, the true story quite a bit. Yes. I mean, the setting is, is accurate. Then some of the names are accurate, but aside from that, it's mostly fiction. Well, oh, and entirely. also we're yeah. supposed to explain, we're supposed to expect all, expect a lot of people to be uh, ethnicities that they're not. Like Brolin is not very Irish. 
Um, There's that, yeah. Spicoli is definitely not very Jewish. Even the Italian guys, you're like, they've done this and they've had better Italians on board. (laughs) They do do an awful lot of casting based on attractiveness rather than this seems like this would work for the role. I guess Robert Patrick, to me, is the most appropriately cast guy as the old grizzled gunfighter who seems to be. Apparently he lost a shitload of weight for this. He appears to be from a different century. I, I mean, and when did Robert Patrick turn into John Voight? Like, I'm okay with it in this movie. I, I like, I like him. Of all the characters, I like him a lot in this. Yeah, I just almost didn't recognize him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, like, that, really I mean, doesn't. again, I think I read something where he lost a ton of weight for this, for you know, whatever reason, probably to look like a Western gunfighter. I, I don't have like obviously representation in movies important, diversity in movies important, but when it's actual history. I think you're kind of doing a disservice to just like basically make up most of this team of people who, by the way, like a lot of them were still alive while this was being filmed and they actually held a party for them um, to show them this while it was under (laughs) development. I think the last, the last surviving member died before the movie came out, but there was members of the team alive and just rewriting history is weird. Because then you just go look it up and be like, oh, this wasn't actually this interesting at all. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I still obviously can't. liberties will be taken, but uh, I don't know. What kills me is Brolin as an Irishman does not fit in any sort of parameters. They don't even try. And the only well, thing that they do to Spicoli to make him uh, more Jewish, I guess, is to give him a more prominent brow that randomly gets more aggressive or lessened throughout the movie at no uh, rhyme or reason. He, I don't. He did do go through like three hours of makeup a day. Now, I'll say this about Brolin: he's carrying on in the long tradition of casting people who aren't Irish as Irish cops. And since this movie desperately wants to be the Untouchables, who casted Sean Connery as the Irish cop, and then he didn't bother to attempt an irish accent i guess he did but it's not good berlin thought mm. better of at least that so yeah, yeah. At, least he, at least he didn't ham it up but still they make they make a handful of derogatory comments to people's backgrounds where they're like yo get your irish ass in here and you're like oh he okay yeah i guess omera but he doesn't okay never mind uh, I, I mean, I mean, I think you can play it off as he's clearly playing it as Irish American and not like Irish Irish. Yeah, he's not truly Irish. Like he's second generation, been there. Uh, okay, anyways, right. let's get some some, some of my one liners. Yeah, I didn't get to go yet, so slow well, down. Yeah, uh, well, well. I have a uh, La La Confidential Land. Um, I have mm-hmm. the La La Land gritty prequel, and then I have the half ass star-studded attempt at a gangster movie that did not need to happen (laughs) it's weird i mean like gangster movies are historically like you look back and for the 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 departed for example right incredible cast um oh that that actually you pronounced that wrong it's the departed yeah uh there you go the godfather in time the cast eventually like oh my gosh that cast uh the untouchables incredible cast so it's like a thing like you have to have big names and in, in roles because you can't have the villain outshine the heroes because the villain is naturally the most interesting character like mickey cohen or in this case or de niro as uh capone 
is the most interesting character of the untouchables and he's barely in the movie but like there's something interesting about we root for anti-heroes it's like a thing um but is mickey Cohen the most interesting part of this movie i think he tries to be i don't think it works but i think he definitely tries i was kind of leaning hard into that where it tries almost too hard in the sense that like everything is an overreaction to a situation nonstop for the whole time he gets the best lines now whether he maximizes those lines uh is up for debate but that's in our questions so the plot john omara is one tough cop he doesn't give a shit (laughs) if his renegade actions piss off mickey cohen the mobster who owns la because he's also back from war sorry oh (laughs) he's the best he survived war and knows all about guerrilla warfare because that was the thing in world war ii i guess yeah sorry I mean, sorry i cut you off there keep going no but uh camp x is a thing true so yes. but it's real. just very funny like why do you want me and it's th- it, this movie's very tropey and that's just one mm. of the tropes um because you're the best of the best yeah you're the chief, best of what you do and what you do is pretty yeah, yeah. because exactly. of that chief bill parker tasks him with putting together a team of equally rough and tumble cops who aren't scared to work outside the law to save LA from Cohen's clutches. This is a war for the soul of LA. Here's one of my big beefs with the movie, because the movie's totally unself-aware. He's like, you know, we fought long and hard to take this from the the derogatory slur about Native Americans. We're not going to give it up to some goddamn derogatory slur about Jewish guy. (laughs) And it's like, wait, (laughs) we're supposed to think you're the good guys. You just admitted you stole this unfairly from somebody else, but now you can't let it be stolen from you. You're all pieces of shit as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and let's just be clear here. As much as this movie wants to give us a happy ending about who won the soul of L.A., uh, has anyone been to L.A. lately? I'm pretty sure Drugs and Hookers won. Mm, I think that uh, L.A. is a fine city, and it, much like many cities, has issues. I'm not saying drugs and hookers are bad. I'm just saying, you know, the war on drugs failed, man. This oh, the war like on the drugs first... failed everywhere. And this is like the first opening salvo. Right? Oh, you know, also, as far for the as record, LA is concerned. Mickey Cohen, as as we said, this movie's not accurate, was not a dope peddler. That nope. was not his line of business. Racketeering, prostitution, gambling, yes. The dope He's a thing money is, guy. Yeah, the dope thing is to make him extra evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in the brow jazz cabbage in the horse so, so spoiler as i said in real life they were all white but here we get a series of stock cliches including an old-timey gunslinger that's robert patrick and they uh, we get a nerd we get the guy who's too cool to be part of the team we get the guy who's desperate to be part of the team but they don't trust because he's mexican yeah and then they do trust him kind of and uh yeah yeah, this this is a uh, one of well, my. Then you get Captain America, which I'm yeah. sure in L.A. 1949 would have floated out real easy. That was that was uh, something. The way they the way they handled Anthony Mackie's character was uh, interesting. But I will say this: in a movie full of cliches, as soon as they introduced uh, Giovanni Ribisi's character, the nerd, and they beat you over the head with the fact that he's the only guy on there other than Brolin who has a family. I'm like, oh, that guy's fucked. 
Oh, he's totally oh yeah. You knew. Yeah. I was about to say you knew. You knew one of them was definitely dead in the water. It was. It was Josh Brolin. It was essentially Brolin can't die. So who do we kill? Oh, just say this guy's got a kid. And well, it's and- not a. It's not a shocker. You're. Just, it's not like the dog from Prey. You're just sitting there being like, "Yep, let's get let's get him dead." <laughs> and he has the, one of the most contrived lines in the whole movie, where he's like, "You know, what we did over there, that was to make the world a better place, right?" Hell yeah. Well, then we can't just sit back and let Mickey Cohen take L.A. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Well, and then also later, because I just rewatched, he's like, I signed up to it. And I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I signed up to clean up the city, but not to shoot gangsters. I'd be like, that's exactly <laughs> what you signed up for, you idiot. <laughs> I mean, they basically yeah. tell him that's what they're going to do. But yeah, it's not like Brolin kind of swept it under the rug he's like no we're gonna go kill mickey cohen's dudes and fuck up his operations and he was like well i'll be your nerd end of that and then when he he sees someone get shot in the leg all of a sudden he's like i don't know if this is for me but i'm gonna keep doing the nerd stuff i i do like that he's sort of the moral compass and like the only person that's like Uh, yeah he's like uh you know guys this might be wrong what we're doing like i know it's we need to do it but the way we're doing this might be wrong. Where everyone else is like, shoot him in the head. Yeah, well, shoot him in the head. Let's go full fascist immediately. It can't be. Uh, it can't. It can't be Gosling because he's so angry from his pent up voice, and it can't <laughs> be Mackie because he's like, gotta throw me a knife through somebody because that's my thing. So it's him. Oh, you know what? You know what the perfect one sentence for this movie is? Judge Dranos. Because he's, th- you know, Thanos. But it's Judge Dredd. Because they're all fascists. <laughs> it's a stretch, me- but I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Just makes me think your sink is blocked. <laughs> That's, that, that is accurate. Also, hello, everyone. Sorry I'm a little late. I uh, didn't realize how time zones worked. Oh, no, it's, look. The, it's, the, it's a good thing you're calling in from 1949's L.A. Yeah. The stool <laughs> pigeon himself is here from his prison phone. Well, let's get you caught up. Do you got a one-sentence description? Because we're into the plot already. I, I think my one-sentence description was the untouchable La La Land. Yeah. yeah, we 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 did a handful of those. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. All right. So we also, made, we also made T Dubs do the Gosling voice. So if you want to do your Gosling hey, voice, now, no, no, no. Can, can I, Captain Cash, what's your one sentence description, buddy? <laughs> Why do you sound like a pedophile from the Family Guy? Because uh, as as I was driving home from work, back here, you dearly son of a bitch. That was the closest approximation I could come up with to Gosling's voice in this movie. You never catch me. I, <laughs> the sad part I, is I was doing. I the got same, lots of popsicles in my fridge. The sad part is I was doing the over? same thing last Monday because I thought we were recorded then. I was doing the dumb Gosling voice in my car, and then we didn't record on Tuesday, and then I forgot <laughs> all about this movie. <laughs> I. This movie is the worst trial run for the Avengers since, God, I don't know what. Everybody in this movie is in the Marvel Universe or is in a Marvel movie. Now, this, just... this movie is when 
This movie's the equivalent of when you stop the microwave popcorn 45 seconds too early, and then you're like, you know, fuck. I mean, there's still food, but there's a lot I think of waste here. I think there's a lot of kernels there. I think it's 45 seconds too late. <laughs> uh, well, it's not, it's not here's that what, bad. It's watchable. It's just not great. <laughs> here's what I have to say about this movie. This is the quintessential two, early 2000s movie where we hadn't quite gotten the okay all movies are going to be superhero movies now so hollywood was still trying to figure out okay what are we going to do so we got like battleship and john carter of mars and taylor kitch presented both of those and then they were terrible so i'm kind of surprised taylor kitch didn't show up here but this is another example of well maybe we do gangster movies does it work eh, i mean mostly i mean they were popular like right in this like time slot i mean you get live by night shortly after batman versus superman which i actually think is a better movie than this uh that's the ben affleck one where he goes down to florida to like basically get the gambling operations up and running down there um you, we did one on the pod kill the irishman mm-hmm. oh sure yeah you get, you get the departed which is just a remake of a much better south korean movie you just pronounced that right once. The departed. There you go. Departed. You got to be departed. Don't throw Rocking me off the fucking roof, you guys. Uh, you guys gonna throw me off the roof now? <laughs> Please don't do it. Oh, you is got there some like, arms to throw me off the roof. Is there a mattress down there to break my fall? So back to the plot. Uh, so they come together to begin hacking away at Cohen's vast operations in gambling, prostitution, and heroin dealing. Uh, there's even a montage. Boy, do I love those. Eventually, Cohen gets wise to the fact that he's been bugged and takes the fight to the self-titled gangster squad. He kills the one, as Chumpsill said, that you'd expect to die. And then Omara says, enough is enough. Uh, Cohen also, at some point in time, murders this other gangster friend of Gosling's, of, of Jerry Wooters, and Grace witnesses it. And she's like, hey, I'll testify. And so now, with a witness there, they have their chance to finally put Mickey Cohen away. So the crew storms Cohen's hiding spot at the super ritzy hotel, which culminates in a fist fight between Cohen and Omara. Yes, this, this actually happens in the movie and in no way reflects reality at all. No, it's, it's such a strange climax where it's like, all right, we're going fisticuffs because Cohen is a, is a boxer. So it's supposed to be some sort of symbolic defeat completely that you've taken away his i'm a better boxer than you but it's like just shoot him what are we doing here yeah, yeah it's, it's a funny it's a funny angle too again this movie mostly fictitious, fictitious excuse me uh yes mickey cohen had been a boxer earlier in his life but not a particularly successful one well uh he wasn't like a big-time like big boxer or anything. But yeah, he, he boxed like, I don't know, like eight or eight or ten matches. You but know, his, back main, and, back his in main involvement day. in boxing was was max match fixing, fight fixing, yeah. gambling. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's been, a, he's been a gangster his whole life. The boxing yeah. thing just was kind of, I was just, a, you know, whatever. Either but, way, I mean, they um, go out of their way it's to just tell a weird, you it's, a boxer, right? And right, he, right. And the movie like relies on that heavily. Like it, and I just but again, it's a weird angle to take because it really isn't part of the story in reality. Well, and like in, in the in the realm of all the weird shit this movie does, one, like 
the human life means nothing because they go into this hotel full of civilians and they just start unleashing a hailstorm of bullets which it's not quite matrix but it, it it's close it's pretty close a lot of slow-mo and then you get some ridiculous thing where navidad which is uh, the ant-man guy's character michael pena's michael character. pena yeah. uh has to hold his mentor's arm that's the guy that was born in 1812 and he's like hold me steady navidad <laughs> and he shoots this impossible shot and then <laughs> dies uh, that's it's, such a weird way to end their little character arc too as much as i like robert patrick that was a romantic relationship right <laughs> <laughs> it, I just, yes i believe it like was. i'm not trying to be like yeah. i just <laughs> the, the movie never explicitly confirms or denies it I mean, he definitely he definitely knocks him down every time people ask about him. Like, why is he here? And he's like, I have no idea. But now that you've mentioned it, I'll tell you why. He gives a hell of a back reti- massage. That's why. old old retired cowboy with a strapping young Mexican dude at his side. You never know. I just like I I get they were kind of going for a Batman and Robin thing, but I definitely got more of an Ace and Gary thing, which is fine. I'm like, I'm not trying. I'm not throwing shade. Not there's anything but, wrong with that. Yeah, that's totally fine. But I guess I would have been more interested if it was a more explicit romantic relationship between those two I mean, little May well, December romance. I, I, again, to the Thunder's Wizard's point, Robert Pattinson's character, or no, uh, Robert Patrick, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the old timey gunslinger guy with the six shooter, just real weird uh, character to sprinkle into your uh you know 1950s oh. gangster movie and he's just, on. It's, it's la did, did none of you fucks play red dead redemption 2 come on but that's not actually, set in the 50s he's actually no, but, uh, a comic book character too he's like the the shadow I mean, yeah they're like they, hey i need you they... to recruit this guy and he's like that's a comic book she's like yes but i yeah. trust him to protect you oh that guy's yeah, wearing diapers now can we we just take a break here and like in a movie full of cliches that might be one of the most ridiculous is when brolin's character omera or whatever is putting together his team uh he doesn't actually do it it's his sly like a fox wife okay save that we'll talk about that pregnant because this is i do have a question real quick before you move on hold on so Gosling's uh, close friend, Jack, Joe, Jim, somewhere in there. I think his name's Jack, but there's two Jacks. So the first, the, the first kid time you... or the no, no, his like his one yeah. buddy who not, gets not murdered. the shoe shiner. Yeah, the one buddy who gets murdered by Cohen. In I think his name is Jack yeah. Emma Stone. I think. Yeah. Does he not give you a very odd young Russell Crowe vibe face and the way he acts when I, he's sitting in the bar? I, I try to look him up because he's in other stuff. I know he is, but I just can't find what. Uh, the first he, time, the, like that first scene, I was like, that's got to be Russell Crowe's fucking I, kid. I thought I told exactly you, like isn't him. he the dude that's the main star of the second 300 movie? Sullivan Stapleton? I, I that. he's definitely not Russell Crowe's wow. kid, but I was like, damn. But they, he's Australian, like, he looks so like, he looks like an fun. oddly young yeah. Russell Crowe, and he talks like him in that first scene where they're at the first bar. He's, okay, he's Australian, so there's a yeah. non-zero chance. I mean, he's Russell, Russell Crowe's kid. <laughs> yeah. I just so, assumed he was one of the Scarsguards. So uh, Cohen loses the end. Uh, how many beers? Pretty much. <laughs> Gangster Squad. We'll start with the late attending uh, Stool Pigeon himself, Captain Cash. 
honestly, I didn't hate it. And it's two hours, so it's not like it's a ton of time. It was, it was a three beer movie. It was fine. I think that's fair. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I think I think we're probably all going to phone in about three. Like split the split those between plain. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't even know if I want to call them pain and pleasure beers because this is such a like mid level. Yeah. I mean, in a that, year that had Avengers and the Dark Knight Rises, I get why no one remembers this, but it's not bad. No, it's not, it, it's not uh, a terrible movie. It, I mean, it, it trips on its own dick a handful of times, but. I don't yeah. again I've I've watched it now one and a half times the second time on Speedwatch before this and I'm not upset I mean there's certain things I'm like well that was dumb but yeah, yes this good. this good movie could have used a serious pass at the script and this script was on the blacklist like it was a highly coveted script in fact Ben Affleck was going to direct this and then he opted to do Argo so like, which he subsequently won a, an Oscar then, for. So good, good call Ben. There's mm. shit in this script though that should go like there's a scene, and since I just rewatched most of this today, the wife's like, you know, you're honest, you're caring, and you're a demon in the sack. It's like, nope, cut that. That's bullshit. That's the least authentic line possible for this era of time. No, cut it. I'm sorry. Do you have a problem with Josh Brolin slinging dick? This Listen, is... I don't feel like Roland's got a huge hog in the sack. She just means she he tries really hard. Yeah, I, but this I, is this is not the only time that there's dumbass uh there's dialogue. dumbass dialogue. But this is because, a movie that and, and this is, it was this is my chime in when after they lose the heroin shipment and fucking Spicoli goes, Carl, you know the drill, and then he fucking drills his forehead. I'm like Jesus Christ. Seriously? No, like, it, it goes full on like, okay, we've got to be hipper and cooler. And that's not what makes a good gangster movie, right? Like, you yeah. don't have to like, I don't know. But, so it, it floods <laughs> it. And that's why I'd go two and two. Two, yeah. two enjoyment beers because I love gratuitous violence and I love gangster movies. But there are parts of this that I'm like, okay, but, pretty sweet. But there's and two pain there's, beers for sure. Because this movie is fucking sure hopelessly contrived yeah you make a really good point there t-dubs and i also agree it's four beers um because it is two hours long the 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 plot is overly complicated i mean i'm sorry but uh robert patrick's character could just be cut completely that whole arc of him having to be the sharpshooter doesn't really need to be in there it's kind of a it's a weird bow to stick on that. Like, oh, that's a nice little storyline. A lot of screen time wasted to that. And, uh, you know, the, and, and honestly, uh, you know, the gratuitous violence of the drill and some of that stuff, a little, a little much. Doesn't really totally fit the tone of the movie. Although it's pretty violent to start, don't get me wrong, but you don't get a lot of that the rest of the time. Most of it's just usually, you know, shoot them up stuff, your standards. But I will say this. Yes, this movie probably could have been an hour and 45 minutes and would have been better for it. What cracks me up is what it all comes down to. All the bullshit, all of Brolin's, you know, bravado and whatnot didn't really matter in the end. What really got them what they needed was Goslin being a poonhound. The movie is saved by sweet talking Goslin's uh, smooching on uh, Emma Stone. About an inconsequential character, except for this movie's plot. Which is... And that's why they made La La Land. Yeah. Apparently in defense, so. 
in defense of Robert Patrick's character, I did like that we got an old West thing in in what was meant to be new LA at the mm-hmm. time. I thought that was kind of fun. Very mm-hmm. agree with that. Uh, the reason he's there is that it's still, I mean, they even mentioned in the movie, it's still the wild, wild West. Yeah. Like I like that. Like I, I agree that didn't really go anywhere. And the whole like sharpshooter payoff stayed in my hand. It's like that. That's not how any of that works. Just it's like just, you just did in kiss. Tijuana. Just yeah. rip it tight. Just, just kiss just okay. kiss and let's be done with this yeah so we're gonna take our first break before we do uh for the record ryan gosling signed on this movie for two reasons he wanted to fire a tommy gun and he wanted to act across from sean penn he does neither in this movie so. i mean listen i understand that impulse completely if they let me like put on a wise guy and like hand me a tommy gun i'd be like yeah all right I think he, how much are you paying me for this? I think he might fire Tommy Gunn, but he has zero scenes with Sean Penn. So we're going to yeah, take our see? first break. And we'll, uh, yeah. we're going to hear from our brothers in beer and uh, extortion and racketeering over at the Hop Nation USA podcast. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about Gangster Squad. Do they have Tommy Guns? Probably. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 170th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. And we are talking 2013's Gangster Squad. We've got some lingering Gangster questions. Squad, see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got some lingering questions about the movie, starting with favorite scene or kill from this movie. We'll start with you, Chumpzilla. I mean, as far as kills go, it's got to be the car rip from the opening, right? I mean, it's up by the Hollywood land sign. It's a it's a pretty unique kill. It really sets the tone for uh, uh, yeah. Mickey as a villain. It's it's pretty graphic too. It's the pretty creatures gnarly. of the night. <laughs> I love that they they did the who are those cowboy actors? Oh, oh no, yeah. that comes later. That comes yeah. later. But that also is good. Yeah. Yes. No, I yeah the the car drawn and quartered is that might be star. it. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Scene for me, the montage. I'm a sucker for montages when they mm-hmm. show them just like shaking down all Cohen's businesses. And the movie basically fast forwards, like it's like, okay, we got to get this going. Um, I love the montage. Yeah, I mean, the montage has a lot of good stuff. And in fact, that kind of broke my heart a bit watching. I'm like, I, I would have liked to see some of that, you know, it's but whatever. Good montage is, is always solid. But I'm really confused by one thing, and I'm going to mention it now because I don't want to get bogged down later. There's this whole thing about the gangster squad being off the books, right? And they're not making arrests. They're just out busting heads. And, you know, the very first uh, job that they do, and to your point, Captain Cash, uh, it's when they bust the casino and they do come across the cowboy actors as they're heading over to, to bust up this uh, illegal gambling operation they wear you know bandanas over their faces they try to conceal their identities after this they never do that again 
and they just go around wrecking shop in broad daylight with their faces uncovered and no one seems to know who they are. I, I just, I don't get that. Can someone explain to me what's going on there? Cause it sure seems like everybody should figure out who they are. Yeah. I think they kill all the witnesses. Yeah. It's called not they, that they, kind they, they, of movie. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, they don't yeah, kill no, all fair. the witnesses. They're just in broad daylight. And then some of the guys they don't kill all, and they send back to Mickey to be like, "Yeah, hey, we got beat up with these guys." Uh, to your point, like this movie is like it has to go from point A to point C. Like, how on earth would Mickey Cohen possibly know it was these people? How on earth would Mickey Cohen know where their hideout is? It. That's why this movie's not very good, right? Like, it's, it's not very entertaining, smart. but it's not very good. Yeah, it's not very smart at all. Yeah. I like the opening. I mean, I like uh, before O'Mara gets recruited where he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to stand around and let this poor chick get violated. Oh, you took mine. And then he, I mean, the best part of that is where he uses the elevator to just fucking lop that dude's arm off. That was (laughs) pretty 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 gnarly. And you know who that is? It's the asshole quarterback of the Jets from Mr. Deeds that Adam Sandler (laughs) breaks his nose. He's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Deeds. Chad Pennington. Yeah, Chad, that guy. Chad, totally. Chad totally. Pennington. Um, one guy did that? Yeah, yeah I mean, he's the, super the, cop. The after effects and everything that goes wrong with Mickey Cohen is a little ridiculous, but at least that scene before the whole movie sets its premise that you have to be like, oh, O'Meara is a dude who has some sort of professional standards and is not just going to turn a blind eye for some fucking uh gangster if you the will. first 20 minutes of this movie are pretty damn good because then mickey cohen does the you're talking to god mitch so you might as well swear to me and then he lights the brothel on fire because he's got to like relocate and it's like oh this is good it's when it just starts basically fast forwarding through the recruitment process and you get to know none of them that the movie really suffers but captain cash favorite standard kill mayor mccheese just took it it's that ha. it's that first opening fist fight. Okay. Where O'Mara just yeah. like wrecks shop in the elevator yeah. through the place, saves the girl and leaves. It's it's legit good. I'm like, oh wow, I, I, I hadn't even heard of this movie before. Why haven't I heard oh, because I get past that and I'm like, that's why I haven't heard of it before. But that I first will- 20 minutes, very solid. Yeah, no, and and to your point, Cash and uh, Mayor. McCheese, that fist fight, I definitely got some like Batman warehouse fight vibes. It oh, was yeah, pretty, pretty brutal. Okay, let's let's take it easy here. Stick well, no, I mean, it's it's not as Stick good, it easy, but it's huh? like I was like, wow, oh, that's that that's a it's a it's a well shot fist fight, like it was dynamic and brutal. Like, I was like, oh, okay, it's a lot better than I mean, this movie's not terrible action wise, but it it kind of peaks at certain points. Um. Number two, at what point did you realize that Sean Penn thought he was going to win the Oscar for this? Me and you're already on the same page. So you can yeah, skip there's me. a definitive scene, but I do have a backup. So at what point did I realize he was going for the Oscar? He or no, like he internally thought he, he was going to win. Yeah. I'm going to get it for this. Because he was going for the Oscar with I'm God swear to me. I'm going to say it was when he has the freak out and realizes he, and he finds the bug. Okay. Oh, okay. Did not see. There you go. That's different than us, McCheese. Uh, Because it's, it's subtle, but it's like, 
it's intense and like he's he's doing a lot without talking yeah yeah i think it's when he when he put the napkin in his shirt to show that he was unrefined no, I'm just kidding, but that was like so intentional. It's like, see, that's why he needs an etiquette coach because he's an idiot. It's like, okay, come on. Uh, Chumpzilla, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think the obvious answer is probably like the monologue you and Mayor are going to refer to, but uh, I think when he really thought he had it and was just kind of like, this is an Oscar performance, is when he has that like the, the bathhouse boxing viewing party scene where he's just trying to like kind of be brooding and weird and a little bit like it just it just you know he definitely just thought like i got this like this is a great performance like he was a little smug in that scene yeah he does that weird like character you see you see what happens when someone tries to take my stuff or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like oh this is awkward yeah. yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a great scene, but you could tell he thought it was. Really it was good. weird because, like, in the background, there's some dude laying on his side, probably drunk or high on opium, who's just like cheering on his old fight videos, like he doesn't know what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, very true. So McCheese, reveal the the true. There is. This is the definitive scene. It's the Chicago scene where he's yelling at uh, what's his face, Dragnet. Oh, the. Uh, which, by the way, this the is the guy our from the Rocketeer. Second yeah. film where the guy from the Rocketeer gets executed. He's uh, he's very angry, trying to keep his voice down in one of his own clubs. This is my city. You're the past. Blah blah blah. All that horseshit. That's where he puts a lot of oomph into his acting. That probably doesn't need to be there for this movie. Hey, isn't that guy also the private eye from The Big Lebowski? Yes, it is. Brother Seamus. So I love uh, Sean Penn. I love Sean Penn. I say that without any hints of irony. I think he's a tremendous actor. I think Melk is one of the great performances of all time. This movie is a real roller coaster of Sean Penn. I think, and I'm going to go with the Dark Horse. It's the opening montage of him where he just totally has gone into a sauna for three hours to get as vascular as possible. And then is punching a heavy bag and then just stares at the camera. Like, Oh yeah, this guy's dangerous. Uh Oh, we're in for trouble mm-hmm. now. You see how the movie opens with boxing and it ends with boxing. That's. That and they ends. take that, they take that contrast slider way to the side. So you're oh, like, it's like oh, oh, it's going to be black. Oh, and you don't know who it is. And at the end, you're like, oh, he's, he's so guy. sweaty and so vascular. <laughs> he's going to get you. Josh Brolin, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. He's going to punch his way to the top. And some of those tight shots, it just looks like he's beating that heavy bag with a veiny dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. now, now hit that heavy up. bag with your part, with, with your piece, Navidad. <laughs> now you see, jumps off. It's uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, it starts <laughs> with boxing, ends with boxing. Yeah, yeah. poetry. It's, uh, it rhymes. So number three, biggest gangster movie cliche in a film full of them. You no, know, mine is all the char- characters of the characters we're supposed to give a shit about. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big offender. Uh, uh, Chumzilla, you were talking about the wife like, no, no, no. Can't choose the best of the best. You got to choose the guys more likely to get turned by the mob. 
it's not just the wife. She has to be a super pregnant wife that like is in jeopardy the entire movie because Mickey Cohen seeks payback. Also, but in fairness, she doesn't die. I, like I was in so fairness, convinced. yeah, but still, it's like the first time you see her, you're like, okay, for the rest of the movie now, we have to assume that she's in danger. And hold on, hold on. And she's it's clear that she has a not so great relationship with her husband because they clearly can't communicate directly with each other, which is well, awesome. yeah. Also and, for the first half, she's like, why are you going after Mickey? And then she's like, let me help you pick your team. In, in <laughs> two scenes, she goes from, you shouldn't be doing this. We're about to have a family to fuck it. Let me I'll pick help. your squad. But also what's with the scene between her and Ryan Gosling at the well, cookout? I get it. it. It's like he didn't I, tell I, me I, he had a wife. It's Gosling. Come on. I'm assuming that's Gosling's kid. It's a lot. It's a lot, of, it's a lot of Ryan Gosling holding his hat right about here. Like he's about <laughs> to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, since Gosling is essentially like an overgrown child, he's like, what's with your stomach? Why is it so round, lady? <laughs> where did the babies come from? What is that? What do you got under there? Is that a Christmas ham? Did that, did, that Irish, did that Irish O'Mara do that to you? Did, you? did you swallow a watermelon seed? Are you smuggling opium? What's happening here? I don't know if I should be here anymore. Stop all the downloading. I'm a computer. Hey, kids. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, sorry. I... My my big thing is this movie is just an entire cliche because beat for beat it's the Untouchables. Uh, yeah. I got a new beat one. I got a new one. Chubby, go you it. go first. You go. You want me? You yeah, want you go first. first. Yeah. Uh, the the super bad guy having a fucked up eye is probably the most cliche yeah. of all time. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. at some points he's dual wielding Tommy guns and he has the fucked up eye. I'm like. All right, this seems like a Mike Myers film. <laughs> yeah. Um, what really stuck out to me was the cliche. When you say when you say Mike Myers, I assume you mean Austin Powers versus Halloween. I, I married an axe murderer. Yeah. No, the cliche for me that really stuck out in a movie full of cliches is when uh, you know Mickey gives the I want him dead, I want his family dead, I want his house burnt down, I want his dog shot. Like the bad guy going scorched earth speech. I'm like, really? Like that's that oh, was very creative. I got another. Um, just because I fast forwarded through the movie right before we watched it. Anytime there's uh any sort of uh impactful or not climactic, but uh a scene you should care about, the music really swells up in an unnecessary tone. Like it's trying to <laughs> it's trying to emphasize to you like this is important. You should pay attention. And I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm not fucking 12. I, I know what a movie is. A, a very large one is is Gosling being the guy who doesn't want to join the team and then tragedy befells him and he's like, well, yeah, I should have that, that was gonna, that was That was going to be mine. He, he experiences personal tragedy with the death of the shoe giant boy and is like, now we're gonna get this guy. Definitely so the shine boy from the one-eyed man, and he then was. he denounces being a cop. He could not yeah. be more cliche if you wrote it from a script. So basically, Gosling is just a Republican. Nothing matters until it affects him personally. This is what Gosling should have said 
one of the guys like, you can't shoot me. You're a cop. He should have said, should have let him finish my shoe shine. Bang. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a shit about the kid, but now I only got one shoe shine, you asshole. (laughs) This looks ridiculous. You kidding me? How am I going to take a cocktail waitress to bed and one unshined shoe? Uh, First world problems. Number four. He could also have said, you shouldn't have done that. He was just a boy. Poor little feller. (laughs) (laughs) I like them french fried taters. Number four. This is clearly an imperfect gangster movie, though I do enjoy many parts of it. What is your favorite gangster film of all time? Mayor McChee. Uh, no, before, before we go forward, what are the parameters for what defines a gangster film? Does it well, have to be like Prohibition era? Can we no, go it does not have to be Prohibition. It could be you know, Departed okay. is more recent, for example, right? Okay. I'm um, not good at remembering, so I'm going to go with Departed because me and uh, Mrs. McCheese watch it all the time, and then we yell random lines at each other because we think it's uh, hysterical. Like, technically, Bullet Train, gangster. Like, we, I mean, we I, yell fucking firefighters all the time, randomly throughout the house when the kids aren't here. Could be nice. historical gangster. Could be more contemporary gangster film. Gangster movie. Angels with Filthy Souls. What have you. Mm-hmm. Wait, who's up? We'll go to uh, you, Trumpzilla. Oh, well, I'm not a big gangster movie guy. I've seen the first two Godfathers, never seen the third one. Um, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, the most entertaining gangster movie I have ever seen uh, would have to be Goodfellas. Okay, so I mean, it's I know it's generic, it's cliche, but I mean, that's a fun movie. It, it is a fun movie. But it's also one of the great gangster movies that are made. It's also a true yeah, it's story. Scorsese, yeah. A lot closer to the source than, than this is, for example. Yeah. Uh, Another great cast. Okay, so as someone who really enjoys The Last Man Standing, can I say Yojimbo? The, the, the original Kurt Kurosawa uh, sure. movie that I mean, Last Man Standing yeah. was based on. Why not? Because it's two gangs and like yeah, that mm-hmm. one. That one. That one's good. Classic. But al- also, I kind of want to say Roger Rabbit. I like it. That's the non-traditional uh, organized crime is in there, right? Non-traditional approach there, but I like that. that I think mean, that counts. I mean, honestly, you could say Kill Bill if you want, right? Value oh, Kill Bill too. But, but I don't think I'd, I'd describe that as a gangster film. I mean, yeah, she's a gangster. Reservoir he's Dogs, gangster. you could call a gangster film. Reservoir Dogs, I, I fiction. You could call nah, a gangster film, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, at least at least the the jewels and uh you know uh, that, Sin that, that's City? Storyline. Sin City? Kinda. Well, Sin City, if you're the depending on the storyline, right? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with Pulp Fiction. If you follow Jules and Vincent, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think okay, like for me, like I think the Godfather is the choice. I think the Godfather's unimpeachable, but I've often compared this movie to Untouchables. Untouchables is an incredible movie. Is that the Kevin Costner one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, It's fantastic. And Sean Connery. Sean Connery won the Oscar for being not Irish. Um, And of course, De Niro as uh, Capone. 
And Ennio Morricone scored that movie and his score for The Untouchables is iconic. It's also got the train scene with, and Andy Garcia is one of The Untouchables. It's just such a damn good movie. Um, mm. And I, I can't recommend that movie enough, but I really, I, I like old timey period piece gangster movies. But I think The Godfather is obviously the go-to. Uh, the it's novel kind of is, is absolute trash, but the movie is fantastic. So, would would we uh, would we count Scarface? That's a gangster movie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. He becomes a kingpin, right? And yeah. uh, even though that's, the movie's and that's probably between that and Goodfellas, those are probably the two best modern era gangster movies. Well, I, well, mean, I, I think the when modern, you mean nineteen eighties? Yeah, I think when, the years ago. But yeah, but when's better, when's The Departed set? What seventy tens, two thousands? Yeah, he has a cell okay, so, so that's 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 probably that's probably actually the most recent one. But really, yeah. like if if you're looking, you know, not just American cinema, Infernal Affairs, which is the part is based on, is a better movie than than The Departed. Uh, the movie I'm going to recommend today, which is about uh, basically gang warfare in South Korea with with some like uh, Chinese gangsters who create a turf war. It's a really freaking good movie. There's a lot of good gangster cinema in Asian cinema. Nice. No. Okay. One last question: Would this have counted? Heat. Does Heat count? I feel like yes. Yeah, I think Heat counts, and that that's a great pick too. I'm reading that movie, Heat too right now. That, well, actually, that movie holds up very well. I just watched it a couple months ago, and I'm like, damn, this movie. That still- movie will always hold up. It's yeah, really I was well, nothing will ever knock down heat just based on the entire movie and the actors, etc. Et right, Pacino, De Niro, the whole cast. Is great, great cast, terrific gunfight, and it is cops versus robbers, which at the end of the day, right, gangster movie. Anyways, okay. we're gonna take our second break. We're gonna hear from our uh, brothers over at Wabam Entertainment, the Double Turn Podcast, and when we come back, we've got the Alcatraz Trivia Challenge. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome back to the 170th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we are on to the Alcatraz Trivia Challenge for 2013's Gangster Squad. Gentlemen, we have a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz to chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts, or say, my dog, Mickey Jr., he shits more trouble than you're going to give me. You can just say, my dog, Mickey Jr. Can I say, Carl, you know the drill. Yeah, or you're talking to God, bitch. Can, can I say Navidad steady my hand? Navidad. Hold my Dude, piece. Any, any lines in this movie or, or, in our or, or just Navidad. Yeah. Navidad. 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 It's, it's, it's Navidad. Hold my piece. And my other piece. <laughs> steady on Navidad. So tonight you are playing for. Are you ready? The entrails of the Chicago gangster that Mickey Cohen disemboweled right by the Hollywood sign. 
Russo? Yeah. I don't want Russo's guts. Come on, give me something better. Fine, I'll give you one of the coyotes that ate his guts. I'm in. I like what dogs. about this? I'll cut you into my racketeering gig. Also in for that. I got the ponies. I could be in for the the, the bootlegging. Okay. Yeah. I'm a bootlegger. Put me, okay. Put me down for the smack. Okay. Yeah, track. Yeah. No, no, Are you talking about the cereal with the frog? Yeah. <laughs> Golden smacks. Honey smacks. We sell that as well. Uh, yeah. So number one, in the wake of the Aurora, Colorado shooting, the trailer for Gangster Squad, as I said, was pulled from theaters, TV, and even Apple's trailer site. The scene depicted the characters, as we talked about at the beginning, firing submachine guns at moviegoers through the screen of Gromit's Chinese theater. What scene was it replaced with? Is it A, the shoeshine shootout? Is it B, the Burbank airport shootout? Is it C, the Chinatown shootout? Or is it D, the hotel shootout? Navidad! Captain Cash. The shoeshine shootout? Incorrect. Navidad, hold my peace. Uh, damn it. Chumpzilla. You got so much that arm, Navidad. I believe it's the hotel shootout. Incorrect. Oh. Oh. What's my what's my remaining options? Your remaining options are the Burbank Airport shootout, which is B, or C the Chinatown shootout. I'm gonna go with Chinatown shootout. Oh boy, this is a first. Mayor McCheese on the board. Before uh, anyone else, it was the. I don't do this. I don't do this normally, normally, folks. So apparently, Brolin's primary concern was if you're going to take this scene out of the movie, we need another scene that's just as violent. And he was happy with what they got with the Chinatown shoot. Well, I, th- I think it's funny they went from the Chinese theater to Chinatown. Yeah. Well, it might be something, you know, we have to ask Brolin about. <laughs> His general hatred for Chinese people. Uh, when Thanos snapped, he just got rid of China. It was a really awkward thing. It's like, no, when what, he snapped, he your, just started yelling at foreigners when yeah, he went to what's go your grocery beef, shopping. Dude? Yeah. Number two, in its opening weekend, Gangster Squad was trounced by Zero Dark Thirty. That movie came out several weeks earlier. What weekend was it for Zero Dark Thirty when it finished first over Gangster Squad? Was it A, its third weekend? Was it B, its fourth weekend? Was it C, its fifth weekend? Or was it D, its sixth weekend? But a shoot! McCheese. I'm doing this based on my favorite number. It's the fourth weekend. Oh, my God. He got another <laughs> one. <laughs> why, why is his favorite number four? McCheese! Why, why do you care what my favorite number is? My hey, favorite number is four. Fuck off. Wasn't I don't, I don't have a favorite number. Was what, Anthony Mackie in Zero Dark Thirty? No, he's in... Oh, uh, oh he, he's he's in Hurt Locker. Never he's mind. in Hurt Locker. Uh, so, live, boys, I got, I got I, my, I I got my movies up, confused. Sorry. I'm loading up points right now against both of you. I am very excited. So it's 2 nothing McCheese. Now, to be fair, Zero Dark Fuck, Thirty... Fuck yeah, it's 2 nothing McCheese. Was, it's the first uh, time ever. Was getting the Oscar buzz, so that probably yeah, propelled it. Um, and it made twenty four point four million to Gangster Squad seventy or seventeen million. Num- number three, as an aspiring gangster, Mickey Cohen was mentored by this legendary mobster. Was it A. Bugsy Siegel? Was it B. Meyer Lansky? Was it C. Lucky Luciano? Or was it D. Frank Costello? Not a dad, hold my peace. Yes, Chumzo. 
I believe it's A. It is Bugsy Siegel. And when Bugsy Siegel died, he basically started coordinating with Luciano and Lansky and other people on the East Coast. Yeah, Um, he threw a big fit when he died. Yeah. Bugsy Siegel, by the way, they made a movie about him with Warren Beatty called Bugsy. It's not good. Isn't isn't Casino also about him, too? I I thought he was a rapper. I don't know if Casino's about it. No, I'm kidding. But th- yeah, it was the Vegas Casino's thing. Casino's fictional. Yeah. yeah. But yes. Yeah. All right. So it's two to one. Mayor McCheese is still winning. Number four, the film shows Mickey Cohen being sent to prison for murder. In reality, he was sent to prison on multiple occasions for this white collar crime. Is it I'm A, real you. estate fraud? <laughs> is it B, tax I- evasion? Is it I'm gonna C- shoot. I'm gonna shoot. I, I want tax McCheese evasion. to win, so let's see if he knows it. It's tax evasion. It is tax evasion. It the had one, to be tax evasion. IRS gets everybody. The one true thing about this movie, though, is he was beaten with a uh, lead pipe when he got to prison by some rival gangster dudes who were in mm-hmm. the. Was they beaten so. with a lead pipe in this movie? No, but they—that's <laughs> yeah. like the it's one hinted. scrawl they give. They're yeah. like, "Hey," and then Mickey Cohen went to prison, and he a lead pipe was waiting for him, or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, he—he he did not die. He, he survived. The, uh, I won't ruin it. it. Might be the next question. He went to prison in 1951 for tax evasion, got out, and went back in 1961. He couldn't stop evading taxes. Chief Bill Parker, <laughs> who's obviously was a lot younger than the movie depicts him. Um, actually died in like the mid 60s to to colon cancer or something so so sometimes you know the truth isn't nearly as interesting but yeah yeah i mean like at least the untouchables that's the whole theme of the movie they need to find the bookkeeper to show that al capone is cheating on his taxes because that's yeah, the I only mean, way to get to him and I, I think it's interesting when you, when you go back and look at that historically al capone was like actually well-liked and, and he wasn't like a scary gangster character so much as he was a well-liked member of the community handing out turkeys and stuff at thanksgiving and hams at christmas and he was a nice guy but yeah he was also a crook yeah so we he was are a nice guy when he wasn't organizing valentine's day massacres and things yeah i mean this you know, is it really exciting mccheese has won his first quiz i'm oh my God. I, <laughs> i've never been more mayor mccheese I've never been more excited. In but my we time. might as well I finish I expect it. you to bring that coyote around at some point. I, I would like to trade in whatever my wish is here for something 3D printed from you. Okay. A coyote? Uh, what were Ooh, you doing yeah. on the a couple pods ago? You were doing the dog from Prey, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so I can make predators. that happen. Predators. I would yes. like one of those. Okay. Let me see what I can this do. This is like a Chuck E. Cheese. I would like to hand in all of my tickets of all time. For one three you don't, printed like, predator dog. Based on prior performance, all you can get is a slide whistle. Shut, 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 shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And a spider ring. Yeah. I don't care if you host this, you shut up. I'm gonna see if I can talk cash. Close it out. We'll just finish the quiz for fun's sake. Will Beal co-wrote the film, which was on the blacklist, as I said, for several years. He also served as a writer on this pod appearing film. Mm. Was it A Conan the Barbarian? Or Mo Man the Barbarian? Was it B, Kill the Irishman? The firecrackers can't kill Danny Green. C, Morbius. Or D, Zack Snyder's Justice League. There's no way anyone can work that hard. You can't. McCheese. I'm on a roll. I'm going to go with Kill the Irishman. 
It's got to be, right? Firecrackers can't kill Danny Green, nor can they write his movie. So, no, it is not that. Oh, man. That was hey, I, hey, I tried. I tried. I'm All right. Morb. Okay, Chumzilla. Mm, I'm going to morb so hard. I'm morb so hard. I'm morbing right now. It's got to be Morbius. Incorrect. Damn. Assume for a Venom it, connection. I have to assume it's only got to be contemporary. I'm between Conan the Barbarian and. Zack, Zack Snyder's Justice You League. have to pick T-Dub Zack Snyder's Justice League. No, I, I think it's Conan the Barbarian. It's got to be, right? He was credited as a writer on Zack Snyder's Justice League. He also was credited on Aquaman and is apparently working on The Legend of Conan, although that's how knows what's going on with that. So That's how big Cash is, everyone. He won't admit to at least picking Justice League for T-Devs. You he couldn't even you say it. You gave me several choices around Jason Momoa-themed properties. You couldn't yeah, do it. You couldn't do Momoa. it. You, you couldn't do it, you goddamn monster. Money, you follow the Momoa. So we are on to recommendations. We'll start with Captain Cash. What do you have for us this week? So far, the new Game of Thrones show is not terrible. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't watched it. Yet. I mean, that's rounding a endorsement. endorsement. <laughs> I'd like to point out. I'd like to point out that Captain Cash is not going with She-Hulk. Let, I could let, let no, the record I show. Could. Here we I go. do I want. I also want to point out that Chumsel and I texted separately, and we said, "I bet you that basic ass white bitch Captain Cash will recommend She-Hulk on the podcast." <laughs> I mean, like, no. Listen, I like She-Hulk. There's only two episodes of it. But I feel like it's going somewhere I want it to. Uh-huh. But yeah. I, uh-huh. I am still so angry with how Game of Thrones ended that I swore I'd not watch Game of Thrones again. And so, so you, far, so you, so I don't you're you're like hate. a hurt lover. You're like a hurt lover. Yes. You need to start it all over again. It, it, it's okay. Maybe. I think the funniest thing I've seen online since that show has come out is that some people were complaining. That they reused the Game of Thrones theme. They did, and I don't. I also don't like that. You no, know, I'm like, I'm like oh ah, it's a spinoff. Like, well, I think they should have used Firestarter by Prodigy. Firestarter. Yeah, twisted Firestarter. Yeah, I mean, it's so far the costumes are good, the CGI is good. I, I know it's not like a ramp. Yeah, it like it's got big fucking dragons, and so far I've seen two. And they're pretty cool looking. I know where this road leads. I'm not going to lie. I've never watched a single Game of Thrones. but Don't. It ends so badly. In my heart of hearts, I really hope the last two episodes make you just contemplate life. Or they just, they shit the whole season away and ruin your dreams and hopes. Oh no, we're like five, five, eight years from that yet. We're, here's what I envision. Next summer, Idiot Captain Cash and I will be in heavy garb waiting outside a fucking San Diego restaurant to get into the <laughs> Dance of Dragons experience. <laughs> and then fast forward six years, and we're just like sobbing over Skype about how awful the series ended. It was so bad. It ended so badly. We covered that on the pod in a uh, form of I drink and he knows things. And yeah. I should have drank more. Because fuck. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. McCheese, what do you have for us? 
I think me and you're on the same page. I'm going to recommend the Black Phone. That movie was fucking amazing. Black Phone's good. You know what? I've been watching a lot of movies. A lot of movies. The Orphan sequel. Another decent horror. F- the Black Phone's a lot better, but if you liked Orphan. Hawkesons. We're sequel? living through the Hawkesons, yeah, baby. Not bad. Uh, the other one that, I mean, we're dabbling in mobster movies, and it randomly popped back up in my brain, but uh, I love Legend with my boy. Um, Tom Cruise. Tim Curry. Uh, Both of them. Not, well, yeah, sort of. Man, I can't believe you didn't recommend Bronson. That's a gangster movie. I also love Bronson. Charlie Bronson. Anything that involves him, I'm in for. Action Bronson? Mm, And him too, actually. We're covering a lot of ground here. I'm okay with it. All those. You should watch all of those. Yeah. Okay. uh, Chumzilla. Anything with Tom Hardy, watch it. He just won a jujitsu tournament. Eh, maybe not. Don't watch that. Watch Legend instead. Or including Bronson. Star Trek Nemesis. Is, is he, he plays he, he plays young Picard. He does. What, a, Picard, I what about the movie where he fights Chris Pine for the love of uh, the girl from Christian Bale? Big Do you think lies. I watch all these things? No. I only watch the good ones. Watch the legend and Bronson. Go back and watch Star Trek Nemesis. And no, you realize, I'm good. I don't no, have time. You realize to. that Tom Hardy is workshopping his Bane voice the entire time. What? This um, voice? Great gangster property with Tom Hardy. Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Great gangster oh, show. Also yeah. true. Oh, yeah. Scarecrow's in that, too. Um, yep. My recommendation this week is a docu-series on... Disney Plus. Okay, I'm done with the Tom Hardy thing. Uh, no, so I was just randomly scrolling for content and I came across this kind of self-serving, slightly cheesy, but very entertaining docu-series on Disney Plus, Light and Magic. Uh, it's, again, it's, you know, the the insider story of the, the forming of Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's uh, special effects company that went on to do Star Wars, like, because he literally had to make a company do the effects for the original Star Wars trilogy and then all these other movies that we love through the, through the 80s and 90s and still to this day. And it's just really interesting to see all these interviews with these people. Um, you get to see, you know, Joe Johnson, who, you know, not only designed uh, the, you know, the color scheme, the costume for Boba Fett, but went on to, to direct The Rocketeer and Captain America, the first Avenger. But you get Alan Tippett in there who did the stop motion work for the Star Wars movies, and Howard the Duck. Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett, sorry. Phil Tippett. And yeah. the Jurassic Park. Yep, and, and, and those guys. I mean, just, and it's just cool because you realize these guys are just a bunch of oddballs in the 70s out in California that came together and made some of the coolest shit that we have ever seen on screen. And it's kind of neat just to meet the people behind it. So, yeah, check it out on Disney+, Plus, Light and Magic. It's, uh, there's several, several episodes, like the whole season or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. If you're a movie fan, you'll enjoy it. Okay, so I have a couple. Of course, you can watch The Untouchables free on HBO Max. I think it's a fantastic movie. I really love that movie. It's a Brian De Palma film. Uh, late 80s, 1989, I believe. Uh, but we've talked about that at length on the pod. My second recommendation is a 2017 Korean gangster movie called The Outlaws. It actually stars uh, Mao Dong-seok, who you'll know, American audiences will know as Gilgamesh from The Eternals. 
but he's a pretty big star in uh in Korea and he's he has a big beast. role in Train to Busan too. Yes, he's in Train to Busan. He's the beast cop. And this was based on a true story in early 2000s Korea. A trio of Chinese gangsters came in and basically started a turf war between rival Korean gangs and this cop and his squad bust these guys. And it's a really good movie. And they made a sequel called The Roundup, which just came out last year. I haven't watched it quite yet. I rented it. Uh, but The Outlaws is free on Tubi. So little Tubi plug. And it's a good time. It's I love... When we get uh, that Tubi money. Yeah, all hail yeah. Tubi. I love Asian action cinema. And there's some good action scenes, but he's just like a big screen presence. And he's like a no bullshit kind of guy. He's like a he's just a great character in this movie. So you'll you'll enjoy it. It's good. Um, so remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at Writer TLK. You can find Captain Cash when he's not on his prison phone at C A P T C A S H on most social media. Chumpzilla can be found at Chumpzilla Eight on Twitter, and Mayor McCheese can be found at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. Check out Wabam Entertainment at wabamentertainment.com or at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. It's not paradise, but it's the city of angels. We'll see you next week for the second installment of Hops and Star Powered Flops. Prince of Persia, which we teased at the end of our last episode. Oh the God, do we have to actually I'm, watch this? Who's in I'm charge of that? Oh, so sorry. I, that's I'm going to be conveniently sick during this. I'm that dead. I me. died. I can't. That's I can't. On me. Hey, you know what? I totally nominate or volunteer. Let's make it a double feature. We could just do Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed. Get Michael yeah. Fassbender in the mix. I don't, don't oh, want to okay, watch any. Yeah. I don't do want to watch the first. You're one. making it worse. A good old, a, a good old no, Jake no Gyllenhaal, Michael Fassbender mess around. Aren't let's, these all? Aren't those all Ubisoft properties? Right? Yes, they are. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I no, actually, I think that like Prince of Persia, the game inspired what became Assassin's Creed. No, no joke. They're kind of like spiritual uh, brothers. Well, they're, <laughs> they're kissing cousins. They're kind of like Eskimo <laughs> brothers, if you think about it. Ooh. Good night, everybody. All right. Uh, See you next time. Navidad, hold me. Hold me, Navidad. Hold me me close, Navidad. Remember, don't aim where they are. Aim where they're going to be.